Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 82 movies, one cage. This is episode 85, Arsenal, from 2017. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski, and with us today, for the first time in a long time, we have a, a first-time guest, Ed Jefferson, all the way from England. Hello, Ed. Hiya. So you, welcome to the show, you have a very... I guess broad history. I don't know what the word is. Like you've, like us, you've seen every Cage movie, so that's very ha- that, that yeah, makes me to, happy. Yeah, to to a certain point, I haven't seen every one of the recent ones. Um, okay. But for a, I did a project last year where I uh, watched two Nicolas Cage movies a week and then played the UK national lottery uh, using numbers based <laughs> on the the, <laughs> the each movie. My theory being something along the lines of Cage's Navu Shumanic kind of acting force would somehow leak through and magically influence the universe and cause me to win millions of pounds in the uh, UK lottery, which, uh, spoilers, did not happen. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Did you make it those numbers from It Could Happen to You, man? Those were the ones I would play. I think I only got... I can't remember. I feel like that you can't like. There's some. There was some mismatch between the lottery and that, and the UK national lottery. Like there are only oh. five numbers in that, and six in the other. Or, or like you couldn't seal the numbers. There was some some reason I couldn't use just straightforwardly use the numbers, which is really irritating. Well, that's. I mean, that's the secret to winning the lottery. I guess is just finding finding the lottery that lets you use those numbers. So that's the that's the trick to winning millions of dollars, everyone. Well, possibly you have to go back to 1994, though, and also use it <laughs> the right week. I don't know if that's the... So I wrote about this for twice a week every year on a Medium blog, which are all the things are still there. But yeah, my plan is to each year do, like, maybe, like, a certain update weeks where I do... Which mm-hmm. I thought was going to be, like, oh, maybe a couple of times a year, but he's got, like, five movies already since I saw, like, I finished yeah. this in October, yeah. and he's had, like, five out, so it's it's already, like, turning into more work than I expected to keep doing it, so... And he's got another five or six this year coming yeah, out. This yeah. is the first... We, we, this one, you know, it went through three different names, or two different name changes, that's three different names, and then just seemingly out of nowhere, right, Mike? It was just like, oh, hey, January 6th, like, new release date, video on demand. We're like, oh, okay, like, starting... Like, this is the first first new release from this year that I saw, even though I didn't like the movie very much, and we'll get into that, it was a great way to start off the year with a new Cage movie. Yeah, and it was also the weekend of his birthday. That's right? true. So it was almost like it was his birthday, but we got the present. We got the <laughs> new Cage movie. And it is funny because last year he did, it did seem like more than usual, like I think we were a little caught off guard with Army of One and Dog Eat Dog even coming out at the end of the year like that. And then, yeah, it's just really funny that so soon into 2017, we already have a new Cage movie. Before we talk about this movie, Ed, I want to get, I want, I guess, I don't know if it's a two-part question or two different questions. Very important, though. What's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie and your least favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, like, favorite? Face Off is definitely up there as sort of just, he is superb in it, and it's a, it's, well, it's like an all-time brilliant sort of cross-genre kind mm-hmm. of just bundle of, of just, it's it's sort of it's an astonishing film in so many ways, and it is it is, <laughs> it's, it is like like simultaneously like it's one of, it's, it's one of like all the best Nicholas Cage films. It's simultaneously completely ridiculous but completely brilliant. Yeah, uh, that and um, I mean all, really I mean also, yeah, I mean ad- adaptation as like a. Slightly mm-hmm. more kind of in a slightly more serious kind of note, but it, it is sure. superb. Pick a worse one's hard though, because it's this. I just feel like because there are ones that I think are, and this is what so a film I imagine we might end up talking about later is uh, Deadfall, which uh-huh. I think 
it's in many ways objectively the worst thing he's ever been in, but it does have aspects <laughs> that are entertaining, where he's been in a lot of terrible thrillers that are not like, you couldn't like hand on the heart go, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's hard to remember much about them half an hour after you've seen them. Um, right. Just, and I think it's more like that, that there's a sort of a rass, especially in the last sort of 10, 15 years of just sort of, oh no, some his wife or daughter's <laughs> in trouble and he's going to look vaguely annoyed about <laughs> It and you just think, oh god, not again! Like, especially when I was having to watch <laughs> so, two of these a week. Like, so what I think is interesting about Deadfall and this movie, which sort of went from a could this be a sequel to apparently yes, it is a sequel, which is we're going to get into the implausibility of that in a little bit. But that movie and this movie, and honestly, all five he did last year, they're all varying quality in terms of how good they are. But like we've been saying pretty much every episode we record, he's consistently the best and most entertaining part of the movie. So even when the movie's not good, if you're there for him, at least you get that. It's not like he's boring and he's given nothing to do and he's put in the background like, for instance, in Dying of the Light or The Runner. Like, those weren't great and he wasn't great in those. But at least, you know, with these movies that we don't necessarily love, I think that it's important that he is worth seeing in these things even if the movie around him isn't really worth seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 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 it feels like he's sort of picking slightly more interesting roles again than he has been like necessarily. The last movie I did was um, as part of the the winning the lottery of Nicolas Cage thing was um, oh god I'm blanking the name now the thing the, the trust of Elijah Wood which I thought was like a like a really great example of like uh, again like not the greatest movie in the world but it's a pretty great performance from Cage it's like uh, it's not like necessarily his most like original performance it's got lots of sort of stuff that he's done before but it's sort of a it's a pretty good example of like lots of things he can do quite well like and it's sort of it was sort of a kind of quite refreshing I should say after Dying of the Light and The Runner and things we just thought well, anyone could have done this like it's just look a bit bored and crumpy for two hours <laughs> Yeah, I think we've been getting lucky recently, like last year, that he seems to be having fun in these movies, at least, where it's like, you know, pay the ghost is just, that's just a slog. It's just so tough. Like, and there are, and like Rage or Tokarev, I don't know what it's called <laughs> overseas, but like, you, you could see some of those movies, he doesn't seem to be having a lot of fun, but um, but this year, or last year, like with The Trust, like we get him with the mustache, his father is Jerry Lewis, he fumbles with drinks at one point and then he has a great freak out towards the end so <laughs> i feel like this year we've got him he's having fun and we're having fun watching him like he's giving at least one great speech a movie or he's bringing back old characters like like in this movie like, like which eddie. is really interesting yeah oh before we get into this movie i have one more question for you ed why did you start what you did why did you why did you decide to watch every movie? When I first sort of started to really sort of notice Nicholas Cage's performance, this is going back a few years. Uh-huh. Like I think I just I I'd, I'd happened to stumble across like see a few of his films in a row. Like I think maybe like the National Treasure films would shine up on Netflix and what happened I happened to go okay, I'll watch whatever this is and then Face Off happened to be on the telly or and there were a few like other things I was like starting to get really into him as a former. And I had this like I I was like okay I'll go back and watch everything I've ever done, and my thought then was what I was going to do is just take a 
because I'm naturally quite lazy. I was like, I, I think initially I thought maybe I'd review them. But I was like, no, I, I'll take three screenshots from each movie with the funniest face he pulled. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I had like a little Tumblr block and I did that for, I don't know, I did I did like 15, 20 of the movies. And then sort of, but I didn't have any sort of schedule. I sort of overtook it and it stopped. And then kind of, I, it sort of came back to me. I think I was looking, it was around like New Year last year. And I was thinking, oh, it would be really good to have I'm a freelance writer, but I don't necessarily always write about things that I'm particularly interested in writing about. I'm not always for like sometimes it's sort of things for marketing companies and things no one actually necessarily necessarily ever reads. So I was like, okay, I want to do something that people might be interested in reading, and it's for me, and it's sort of regular. So I was like, okay, I went back to this idea. I was like, I review Nicolas Cage movies, and I thought if I tie it to some the lottery, then that happens regularly, so I'm forced to do it. <laughs> so, I was, so I basically I know a few like a couple of people who are doing I I, I talk some other guys who do a podcast like you guys and I think mm-hmm. it's probably slightly easier if you're doing a thing with someone else that you've got sort of like the at least like what if what if one of you is going like oh god I'm bored of all these Nicolas Cage movies <laughs> the other one could pull you back in but so I needed to have something like the equivalent of that for me was the lottery that I had to have that going I was like well if I can't not do it this week this will be the week I win oh so your 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 podcast co-host is the lottery yes yeah <laughs> It was essentially like a, a, a writing task, really, to kind of sort of keep keep myself sharp. Was sort of the initial in, uh, kind of endeavour of it. With with the thing that I did also quite a lot, I was quite interested in the earlier following an actor's entire career, and I, Cage was an actor I was interested in. So. Well, that's a, that's just a, that's a really clever way to sort of give yourself like a scheduled deadline, but also <laughs> to sort of keep it not just about Cage, but also adding something else in there too that you might win millions of pounds. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem was that like. Initially, it was definitely like this lottery thing is definitely just a writing exercise. And then I think by the time I was doing, by I've done it like three months, I think part of my brain was genuinely starting to believe that I would win the lottery. And I was sort of definitely caught myself planning what I would do when I won the lottery. And I was like, this healthy? Probably not. Don't know what to do about that. Though. So uh, it's probably good. I, I think I might have probably gone mad if I actually had one. So it's probably good um, that I didn't. Because I don't know, would that prove that? You can cause magic in the world by watching every Nicolas Cage film in order. I don't like it would be. It would probably do slightly odd things to to one's mind if that sort of thing happens. So, did you ever win? Once, once. So in the 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 UK lottery system, as it stands, the if you win three numbers out of six, mm-hmm. you could you win twenty five pounds. I didn't actually win this on any of the regular ones I did, but a website paid me to do a special edition where I reviewed the Trust when it came out on DVD, and um, so oh. I won twenty five pounds and I got paid a small fee by the website. So I think in the end I have because I've written a, I wrote for the uh, a British magazine called the New Statesman that I wrote for, and I think including the fee from that I might just about be value neutral on the entire project once you like calculate all the money I've spent on lottery tickets right now. I think. I'm just about so the secret to success both for you and i guess for everybody is get paid to do what you love you'll also win the lottery at the same time it was the, the secret to not losing any money i guess <laughs> okay. is that you that's 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 could, like yes, okay. pay to do something really stupid and then maybe you can convince someone to pay you a small amount of money to write about it with this movie with arsenal which came out 
just a couple days ago on demand. I think when the fir- when the trailer first came out, it, was it advertised as a sequel to Deadfall? Or people were just like, oh, he has the same name, he looks the same, could this be sort of the same kind of guy? Like, it wasn't advertised as a sequel, was it? I'd seen news, I think I'd seen, like, a news story, and I hadn't even connected, already connected to this film, I'd seen, like, a news story saying, like, Cage hints that he's playing the same character, like, but I don't remember seeing, I, I don't think I'd even seen a trailer for it, to be honest. Yeah, and I remember seeing the trailer not hearing any mention of Deadfall, but seeing him as the same character, or thinking it was him, at least, like, I think to us, Joey, like, as, or to Cage aficionados, you see that trailer, and you think that is Eddie from Deadfall. It's gotta be. What is, something's going on here. What's going on? Uh, I didn't think it could be a direct sequel, but it's definitely some sort of spiritual successor to Deadfall. So, so that's the thing, because Cage dies at the end of Deadfall. Yeah, but not even at the end, in, in yeah, the middle. In, yeah. <laughs> he gets the deep fryer. Which is what, like, maybe, I, that, did that win the Cage Club award? I should have looked it up. Did that win the award for best death? Most likely. I, had, I haven't looked that up since we've done it. I'm trying to think if there's yeah. a more memorable death in the canon. Like, well, I think as Big Daddy, he was burned alive, too. Editor Joey here popping in to interrupt podcaster Joey to say that Deadfall did win Best Death in the Cage Club Awards and also won Best Freakout, which is this clip here. Enjoy. So, okay, so the movie starts out presumably around 1993 when Deadfall came out, and we see him in his kind of mobsterish ways, and then we jump 23 years ahead, and it's like nothing ever happened. Like, it's almost like an alternate reality, because he's got the same name. The other important thing is that his real-life brother, Christopher Coppola, who wrote that movie and directed that movie, is in this movie as his brother. It doesn't make any sense, but it's gotta be the same character, right? Like, not just, like, a spiritual sequel, but, like, a straight-up, like, this is the same dude. Which makes it all the more bizarre, right? Like, are there other examples of cinema where, like, a character's been killed off and brought back not in, like, a prequel way, you know, but, like, as a direct sequel? Because there's no even signs of scarage to his face, or he doesn't have any scars from being burned, or, you know, I would buy it if he at least mentioned his time in LA <laughs> or some some sort of reference but they don't have any reference to deadfall which makes it all the more strange to me <laughs> it's super weird i mean is it the same like cuz it's he plays it like it's not i don't think it is played he doesn't play it like exactly the same like i'd argue that like it's not quite as unhinged as in deadfall like it, it gets like what the scenes with uh, the brother it gets there like the the with Christopher Coppola but it's it's not like as fully off the wall in Deadfall which just kind of just feels like him just turning up as far as he can possibly go and it feels a little bit more restrained than that here like it's not it's it's like and it's not I don't know there's something about it didn't feel, it feels like it's the same like look but it's sort of a slightly more so it's like what that character would look like in a real movie kind of if you know what I mean like yeah yeah I think you you nailed something that I was thinking of like Deadfall because I rewatched it before watching Arsenal because I wanted to just pick up on everything possible but Deadfall played much more like camp like a midnight movie and actually he was a lot more fun this time around watching it like yeah, there's crazier characters in that movie like when Cage is dead Charlie Sheen plays maybe the devil and, oh, yeah. and he's playing pool and then there's like this weirdo with a robotic lobster claw hand the gold guy, and there's, right? yeah and there's just all kinds of bizarre shit going on in Deadfall that Eddie doesn't feel all that out of place like he feels like a character that exists in this bizarro world and I think in Arsenal 
the movie takes itself too seriously for him to really fit perfectly. Um, like he is way toned down than he is in Deadfall. Like he just doesn't. He's not as blubbery. He's not as just screamy. He's not as unhinged. Maybe. Yeah, I just felt like maybe the movie, the tone of the movie, doesn't fit the character quite well because no one else in this movie is out as outlandish as he is. So my favorite part of this movie is when Cage is beating people up in slow motion to gospel music. There's no reason for it. There's no lead-up to it. There's no explanation for it, but it's wonderful. And it only happens with him, really. And I don't know if that's done stylistically to match the character, or if that's done... Like, if the character is sort of elevated to reach that level, I'm like, I'm not sure which came first, like a chicken and egg thing. It, it is weird, because everybody else is kind of like, like, there's no dumb criminals here, which is kind of a, a little bit of a pleasant relief, as opposed to some other recent Cage movies. Everybody just sort of seems like kind of low-rent thugs just trying to make money or trying to get their brother back or whatever their motivation is in this movie. And then you have Cage, who is just over-the-top crazy Cage, and I feel like this might be another example. There's no trivia for this movie yet on IMDb, but I feel like this might be another example where they were like, hey, you can be in our movie, you can do whatever you want. And he's just like, well, I'm going to bring back Eddie or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's a mystery. I don't know. We have seen sort of hints of past performances coming through, right? Like with uh, Army of One, he sort of brings back the voice that he used in Peggy Sue Got Married. And so maybe it's a possibility that he is going back to the well trying to revive old performances or just like experiment again. And, you know, God knows Eddie is a character you can just do anything with. You know, he's bipolar, he's erratic, he's just out of control he's high on drugs all the time so like that is something maybe he wanted to cut loose in a performance and needed to sort of shake a few things out before going to work on something a little more serious or something that's a little more worth it and maybe it is also worth bringing up that John Cusack's in this film and doesn't even make a dent you know like totally wasted like there's a guy I expected a face-off between Cusack's character and Eddie at some point and they never meet right they never even meet, and Cusack is, like, on Valium this whole time. It's really weird. Well, I just, like, I couldn't get my head around <laughs> what Cusack's character, like, was, because he, is he a member of the local police or not? Like, that's the implication, right, is that he's, like, an undercover member of the local police, but mm-hmm. then he tells the guy, uh, uh, what's the, the star of the film, is it a- Adrian Grenier? Is that the dude's name? Or I just think it's the dude from Entourage. <laughs> he's telling... The dude from Entourage, like, oh, I can't help you out with this with Eddie. Like, the the oh no, you sound like the police won't do anything about him. But it's like, are you the police or are you like? And it's not, it's never really like the police never really appear in this movie other than as undercover police. But it's like it's all done because of that. By the end of it, I was getting this like, is this all just like John Cusack's character has like a pretend ring of undercover police? Like it's never <laughs> like you know it appears to like he's he's uh, well, mine's notice he will help out. But he's saying the police won't do anything. I couldn't quite get a handle on like what his character's deal was. Also, was he meant to be the fat kid at the flashback at the beginning? Like, because there was so the implication oh. was that he knew them, and I was thinking then why it would 
sort of makes sense, but then there was never any sort well, of reference to it. Like That would have been good. Yeah, but this movie has no interest in, like, linking anything from the past to the present, other than to, like, sort of establish... Like, I guess the whole theme of the movie is, like, you look after your brother, or, like, you want that brotherly love, and that's what sort of makes Cage a little bit crazy, right? Because his brother doesn't love him the way that Vinny Chase loves his brother. Like, that's sort of, like, <laughs> I guess, not the theme of the movie, but, like, the internal conflict. But aside from that, like, the intro to the movie is only there so we can see, like, uh, the results of a suicide like the, like the whole intro it's just it's strange mm-hmm. it just sets things up and gets a little bit of cage early on but so so the the older brother character who he's seen that dude from entourage's uncle has shot himself and he has protect he wants to protect his little brother so he gives him money to go to the arcade he goes to the arcade to find some like does he go is he going there to find nicholas cage because he does, like, he finds Nicolas Cage in his weird, like, Dexter-style room covered in plastic where he's doing his <laughs> torturing. He sees the torturing, and is that how he gets involved? Like, it's never really clear, like, is he looking for him? <laughs> and why is he doing this at the back of an arcade? Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. all really, like, kind of haze, like, because I watched this, like, I mean, I did, admit the first time I watched this movie, I was suffering from, like, quite a high fever, so I wasn't, like, that clear on anything that was going on, but I rewatched it today, and I was like, no, this movie just doesn't make sense, like, this, like, none of it, <laughs> like, yep. it just, like, a lot of stuff happens that it expects you to go along with, and if you, so, from the second time watching it, just like, well, hang on, why is this happening here, and why is the kid suddenly watching all this stuff, but, like, it didn't seem, was that clear to you guys, or was I missing something, like, well- it seems like to me that it's in the back of the arcade just so that kids can stumble upon it and, like, fall into the crime ring. Like, there's no other reason <laughs> why that would be there other than maybe it's just, like, a vacant room, but still, like... Do you think they, maybe they look for kids who are really good at the gun games at the arcade and they, like, are like, oh, you're really good at shooting <laughs> right. stuff? Like, I mean, that... Huh. I wish it was set up more like a memory flashback where these are the key moments that the older brother Mikey, I think his name, like that he remembers, you know, so like he would wake up from a dream of seeing his uncle shot, he would wake up of a dream of stumbling upon Eddie or losing his brother when they were young or something, because you're right, it does feel either like this is some sort of weird flashback that we're going to revisit at some point, or what I was thinking was this movie is going to be about two kids and one of them is going to go missing and have to find the other one, because that's also what I thought. When it jumped 23 years later, I was sort of... That was very jarring to me. I did not expect that to happen so quickly. Yeah, I either get rid of all that beginning stuff, because it doesn't even come back, really, or I was thinking maybe stick with the kids even longer for a while and just see, see, set that up. I suppose especially because, like, Cage in the flashback has very little differently done to his makeup. Uh, cage like three years later like well actually that's something I was going to ask if, I mean maybe we, I don't know if we're jumping around a bit so in, in the film in Deadfall Eddie yeah. the character Eddie is definitely wearing a wig we see the wig come off that's like the big surprise shot of the movie is the, yes. the, the wig comes off in this movie Nicholas Cage is definitely wearing a wig <laughs> I would argue that the character Eddie isn't because there's quite a lot of there's certain scenes in this movie where you would expect the wig to come off and unless Eddie has decided to use more severe wig glue um, <laughs> since the event of Deadpool it would appear that the hair is supposed to be real in this one I would argue which is interesting as a either a character or an actor decision. I was kind of expecting the wig to come off at some point, to be honest, because I had just watched Deadfall and then and it kinda adds to the theory of 
maybe this isn't exactly the same character that maybe Eddie was a twin and his parents were crazy and named them both Eddie and then there's also Buddy at some point I don't know um, I think he might mention there were more than one brother I can't recall exactly it is strange it does set it apart a little more from Deadfall as well I was a little disappointed we didn't get Bald Cage at some point like at the end when he's being shot to death in slow motion and we have that stripper club shootout thing like that would have been great if like his he, he just like did some sort of weird jerk from getting shot and his wig goes flying off in super slow motion. I want to know what the mindset was making this movie. Like, how committed to this being a sequel or a quote-unquote sequel or just like a spiritual sequel to Deadfall it was. It's moments like that that wouldn't be difficult to execute that you could just do and it'd be like, oh, this is the same thing. You know what I mean? That almost says to me like, oh, we're just gonna like, we're gonna remind people of a crazy cage and hopefully that'll make people rent this movie on demand. Because like, if it wasn't for Cage... How would you sell this movie? Exactly. Yeah. There have got to be, like, some people who buy movies for the dude from Entourage, right? Like, <laughs> like. What's strange is he's the only other known actor that I even am I'm aware of. I didn't recognize anybody aside from Cage and, and Vince, Vinny Chase. So I'm it's really that. strange. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've already forgotten him because he's, like, barely there. And that's, I think, a big issue, you know? <laughs> uh, like, th- what would this movie be, like, if, say, Cusack was the bad guy and Cage wasn't even in it, right? And then you had some other no-name playing the local cop guy i'm only watching this to see eddie right like i'm only watching this for that performance if he wasn't in this movie i probably wouldn't even this wouldn't be on my radar whatsoever i I understand that most people who see this movie and i'm sure that not many people are going to see this movie and i think across the board we can pretty much say don't see this movie i know that mike you like it more than i do and maybe it's worth saying hey check out a couple of these different scenes that cage is in like if they hit youtube or whatever but i think across the board it's pretty much like don't watch this. I don't know how many people who watch, who do actually wind up watching this movie are going to know about the history between Cusack and Cage, but when we watch The Frozen Ground, with that movie that we didn't really like, at least at the very end, we get Cusack losing his mind in that one cop room, like that one interrogation room at the end, right? Like, there's, there's a mm-hmm. confrontation there. Here, I mean, A, I don't think that this Cusack or this character would be able to reach that level, because he seems like he's kind of, like, coming off some kind of, like, it seems like he's in rehab, basically. Like, he's sort of, like, detoxing, because he's all bundled up throughout this movie for no reason. Like, nothing about him makes any sense. You think the character's, like, he was in rehab with an ex-cop, and, like, learned a lot about being a cop, and now he's decided to pretend that he's an undercover cop, because he's bored? Like, that would make more as much sense as anything else in this. I I think the important thing to point out is that whatever reading you put on this film, you're spending more thought than the actual filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just came up with two plausible (laughs) options that make more sense than the no explanation for who this guy is that they give you in this movie. God, no, this is the thing I picked up on. I'll just look at my notes. The thing I picked up, uh, I missed the first time around. So there's this whole weird plotline with the bloody stun grenade that keeps appearing and then finally (laughs) makes this big grand appearance at the end of the movie. But in the middle of the movie, it's revealed that, like, so the, the, we first see the stun grenade when the, the older brother character is desperate for money and he goes to the local gun shop and tries to sell a stun grenade and the dude's like no one comes in here buying a stun grenade how am I, why am I going to buy this and then it turns out John Cusack who we're led to believe as a policeman gave him a stun grenade like what like <laughs> like to hawk to sell because he's down on his luck he's like here take this that just reminded me so this movie originally 
was first announced, I think, like, probably eight months ago. Like, this movie has not been on the table for very long. It's had two name changes. Originally called Philly Fury, then it was called Southern Fury, and now it's called Arsenal. Okay, I don't know okay. that any of them <laughs> that make tells any story. sense. Philly Fury makes no sense at all. Well, it, the story sounds like originally this was going to take place in Philly. Probably. Then the backing fell out, so they had to go down <laughs> south where there's more yep. tax breaks for filming, so it turned into Southern. And then they just like, well, it's not much of a Southern anything. Like, let's just. And there's not much it Fury again. here either. Really? But yeah. But there's also so, not really much of an arsenal. Yeah, like, there's the just that one stone like grenade. grenade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, it's also like this. They basically, there's no way in hell they could, like, I don't know this is going to have any kind of much of a release of them in the UK at all, but you couldn't release, uh, you couldn't certainly couldn't do a wide release of a film called Arsenal in the UK, because everyone would assume it's about an extremely popular football club. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, it would be, everyone would be extremely confused when it's got a baseball game and, that, and uh, no football whatsoever. What I do think is pretty funny, and I just, I don't know why I thought of it, but maybe just, you know, a little bit of a crossover to our other podcast, Keanu Club. But imagine if in that one scene in the Matrix where Keanu says guns, lots of guns, and then all those all of those rails, like all the like the shelves come down, and the only thing on there is one stun grenade. Like that's like the arsenal. Like that is like there's not even guns in this movie. Like, there's baseball bats, there's pipes, there's no, baseball yeah. bats. There's this definitely fists. needed to be called like Brothers Ransom, right? That's, ter- like, that's a terrible name though. Like I, I mean, know, but like it's a terrible just, movie, yeah. right? Well, yeah. <laughs> it fits better, or or brother something, or even you know brotherly this or that, because it's more about that. I mean, what's interesting, relatively speaking, is that later this year, another movie that Cage has coming out, the other movie that Ed signed up for, is Mom and Dad. So I'm assuming that's gonna be about fam- familial relationships too. So there's a whole year of Cage familial drama and tension, I guess. So we could have had brothers, and then we could have had Mom and Dad. Like it would have been a great. Mom year. and Dad's like a weird premise where like he's the dad and the mom and the dad get a virus and start trying to kill their kids or something isn't it like it's a weird like oh i don't know i take i take these movies yeah, one at be a time like a <laughs> although it may be, it's possibly by the time it'll be released it'll be a completely different film based on like if this was yeah. originally set in philadelphia and right it'll be about a guy finding a big stash of guns somewhere that he needs to use to be part of his arsenal <laughs> that movie maybe the stun grenade will come back on that maybe that's going to be his regular that's something we can start tracking with like the cage nexons and see if that ever comes around again i don't that is so unusual but of all the things to be set up at the start of a movie like a stun grenade i just thought i just had to laugh i mean how i knew as soon as he put that box down at the strip club at the end it's gonna be there so no I, know, I was kind of genuinely excited i was like oh my god the stun grenade came back like, <laughs> like <laughs> at that point i was just waiting for anything to happen and like well it sort of did like and then lots of people wonder, got shot in the dick. Like, yeah. what was what? Why was this director so obsessed with everyone getting shot in the dick? Like in that okay, the, scene, the bullet time shotgun pellets into the dick at the end. Uh, and it was such like one. It wasn't even like bullet time. It was just from one angle. So I think yes. it was like one of those phantom cameras that can shoot like super mega slow, and they just slowed it all the way down to a still frame, basically, and then the CGI bullets just completely ruined it. There is a cage connection here that I didn't even think about while watching, because I was so bored by this movie. I guess this is in New Orleans? So that's another popular hangout Oh, I thought so. I think it's in Mississippi, actually. I think it's Biloxi, right? But they mentioned New Orleans. Well, because there's one line where Vinny Chase says something along the lines of, like, 
Katrina didn't chase us out, so this isn't going to either. And I'm like, he just compared Nicolas Cage to Katrina. Like, I don't know if that's, like, a compliment to Cage or just, like, a terrible metaphor to drop in your movie not that long after Katrina, but, like, either way, that's a crazy thing for anyone to say. Yeah, it did sort of just seem like the thing of we need to orient the audience into where in America this is taking place. So it doesn't necessarily matter which southern state, as long as you know that they've been ravaged and they're desperate now. And so, like, yeah, money's tight. And the mob has come in and taken over. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bit in the the scene with um, Cage's brother as well, isn't or Or maybe it's the scene where he tells the the, the other older brother, who's Mikey, he tells Mikey um, about his, how Kyrie has just killed his brother. Because he goes into the, the weird backstory about, like, he does he say he took the money to New Orleans and that's why you have oh, to follow yeah. him? Or? The letter to my dead brother scene, that's my favorite part. Yeah, and he's, like, screaming how when oh, he was in prison, he took all of his money and set up an operation without him, and it really hurt him. Everybody, but... sorry about today. But you know you always were the great Jim from War of the Gargantus when it came to me! Don't you remember when we were partners? Had a little carjacking operation when we were teens. Cops were on us one day, we ran. You got away, but I got caught. I was 17! They offered me community service. All I had to do was give up my accomplice, you, my brother. But now, I took the years. I got out of three. You had promised my share would be waiting. The day I got out, there was nobody there. They picked me up. I took a goddamn bus for the prison. You had taken my share, gone to Florida, and set up the business in New Orleans with my money! You fucker! And I never got those three years back. Oh, man. What do you think? Any good? I, I wanted to love it so bad, because that's the closest thing to get to a cage freakout, and like... I don't know if it's just poorly directed or poorly written or just mumbled, but like, I couldn't get behind that, and I really, really wanted to. I mean, I kind of want to see the prequel to this movie just on the basis of how... Inc- like, for me, the standout scene in this movie is the scene with Cage acting against his brother, because, yeah. oh my god, is Christopher Polar not really an actor? Like, it is... <laughs> um, like... And Kate, weirdly with, like, nothing to go against, decides to go as hard as possible, and it is one of the most confusing things to watch, like, and his brother has, like, in a scene which has Cage in sort of full prosthetic nose and bizarre wig, like, his brother, like, I, th- like, I think that might be his brother's own bizarre dyed facial hair as well, I think, I've, I feel like I've seen photos of, or interviews with... Chris, Chris Copeland, that's just what he kind of looks like. And it, it's, it's it's this bizarre, like, I guess it, it must be just as, like, a wink to, like, Deadfall, but it seems like such a, like, you think you'd go, uh, okay, that look, we've, we've filmed that, let's do that with someone else now, and we'll just give him a little cameo somewhere else. Like, it, it, it's, it's, like, so unbelievably poor, like, that you just can't, it doesn't, you think in a film in a film where everything was like that, like Deadfall, you'd think, okay, cool, like 
and this is the whole film is balls out like this but when you, it seems to be kind of trying to be like a, a kind of subtler film than that in a lot of the scene a lot of it it just seems so like weird to suddenly have that shit to see you came for a little chit chat a little surprise to see you outside the big easy i'm not feeling too peachy keen being in biloxi mississippi did you, did you lose your phone it's been a while since you made the track get in the car what, is this a brother bonding moment? It's a little late for that, don't you think? Get in the car. We'll talk while we're driving. Yeah, it, it goes too far for this movie, like, to introduce Buddy. Like, I love the idea that there's Eddie and Buddy and maybe there's a Teddy out there or something, and I love the idea of Cage, like, not only is he upstaging him and embarrassing him as an actor, but he's going to murder his own brother on screen. <laughs> Oh no, you know what they should have done? And, and this would have worked as a Deadpool reference. Cage should have played both brothers. Like, I mean, he's done oh, it before. That would like, have been great. That... Two Cages again, that would have been great. We haven't had that since adaptation. I would have loved that. But yeah, I, I, I love the scene, but it totally doesn't belong in this movie whatsoever. It's just like, Eddie's working, so we need more for Eddie to do. It's even strange that they're going to introduce Buddy and then just kill him off right away. You almost think like... Cage would murder someone else at that moment. It's, it's not. I mean, I can't, you, one can't imagine that Chris, Chris Coughlin was like hugely busy. But I mean, maybe they ha- maybe there were <laughs> maybe there were more scenes uh, in the script, and they did that one, and they were like, okay, um, no, we don't actually need you back, Chris. Uh, that's <laughs> well, I wonder because like he, I looked, he does not get a writing credit on this movie, like not based on characters by or anything like that, which. I feel like maybe says it's not a sequel to Deadfall, but like if you want to throw him a bone, you could give him a writing credit. You know what I mean? Like so, sort of say based on a story by or based on characters by. You don't need to necessarily put him in the movie because like you're right, he's not he's not mm. the best. I I feel like this doesn't this isn't a film that starts as a sequel to Deadfall. I think it's a script, a complete separate script, and they cast Cage, and then it's in some kind of discussion like comes up that yep. like mm-hmm. he goes, I kind of want to play it like this, and then it get it, it's far enough along the line they're like oh no that's as a sort of gag wink to that that's will make you up as that character like i don't think it's meant to be like i don't like a spirit i don't think it's meant to be a sequel in like a spiritual sense or a literal sense i think it's just like he wanted to play the character the same way so they thought okay let's, let's go for it it'll be a nice thing for the seven people who've ever bothered to watch deadpool like <laughs> It would have been great, I feel, to though, to get a proper Deadfall sequel, like bringing back Michael Bean and everybody else that was involved. No one else was really involved. But, I mean, to bring back Michael Bean, that would have been something to see them, after all these years, facing off. Or, I don't know. I mean, there were ways to connect this more, more concrete, more, like, harder. To leave it just mysterious like this is kind of, like, unsatisfying in a, in a lot of ways, but I'll take what I can get. I guess. You you like this movie so much more than I do. I was saying that, like, this movie could very really end up very near, like, in the bottom ten of the, the worst movies that I see this year, just because outside of Cage, there's just nothing here. Like, I don't like... Mm. I like 0% of this movie that has nothing to do with Cage. Is there well, anything that either of you like aside from him? The one thing I liked... It was, and it was just like really dumb. Like, so there's the moment when Mikey is finally. I can't. I, it's not. I can't remember if it was ever explained, but he's managed to find. He hasn't managed to sell his stun grenade. He's managed to sell something. And he's finally bought his drugs to sell, 
but these dudes come around and break into his house and they, they're beating him up going like where's the coke where's the coke there's like this is really dumb weird joke where he's like the coke's in the fridge and they're like shut up you fucking shut up you idiot like and stop beating him up going like stop telling us the coke's in the fridge thinking he's like taking the piss and he's got some right. coke in the fridge and then he's like no I actually literally have kept the coke in the fridge like for some reason that really tickled me it was just like such a weird like go nowhere like little like script gag like there's just like oh no we need to make this scene a minute longer so like i don't know there's some this sort of aimlessness of it really tickled me like like it didn't add anything at all to the movie it didn't say anything at all about but i don't know there's something weird that's like the only moment i've got written down like in... <laughs> i mean i did enjoy everyone getting shot in the dick <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any like particular moments aside from Cage that really stood out. I actually, I what was this? The white guy with the cornrows. What are you thinking? Like you just don't. I just hated those for some reason. That just really bothered me. But <laughs> yeah. I did like the camera work. To be honest, like I thought it looked really good. This movie, like I was kind of surprised by that, and thought the you know cinematography, what or what have you. Like I, I thought it looked really nice and. That's why I was like, ah, it deserves like a better story, better actors, better everything else. Like, I feel like there's competence behind the camera here. It's just it didn't let this idea really gestate long enough, or like we've been sort of theorizing, like it just shifted and changed from the original intention into this quasi deadfall homage of some type. That just mm-hmm. yeah, they haven't. It just feels like they don't even know precisely what they're trying to do here by the end of it either so yeah because there's this whole thing as well where like the it's set up that when when entourage guy is first told that he first finds out that mikey's been kidnapped both it's played as like both him and we are supposed to half suspect that the brother's in on it and then it's revealed in flashback that he isn't but it is especially when i was rewatching it i was like that really doesn't Go any like it, I guess it creates like a tiny amount of tension for a bit, but it doesn't really result like is there's no resolution for in terms of like the characters. It's just we we're then showing the flashback and then it's like oh no, it's he's not he's definitely been kidnapped. It's nice that the brother net like the entourage dude never suspects that his older brother is in like he's just like a hundred percent trusting down the line. But like it's it's a moment that doesn't it really I couldn't really get my head around like what they were kind of doing with it it didn't seem to like because it never pays off like it never it's kind of like it's like it's it's set up as though that like there's going to be this amazing twist and the twist is no it just isn't well yeah i think that just like that contributes to the overall lack of detail paid to the script and the whole thing like there's just no care about setting anything up or paying anything off another thing that i wrote down was that they keep referring to their their junkie niece but the junkie niece is, like, this blonde girl who, like, looks like she's never done drugs before in her life. <laughs> like, I don't... And there's there's things like that. Like, there's also the fact that, like, Cage asks for $350,000, and then Vinny Chase sits down across him, and he's just like, I'm not gonna do that. He's like, alright, fine, 200000 Like, just no... There's, like, a terrible negotiator. Like, there just seems like to be no consistency, no thought paid to anything... Like, it, it seems like somebody wrote the script and just like, all right, like, you guys just go make it. I'm not going to check back in with it. And nothing seems to really relate to anything else. And it's kind of a shame. 
Yeah, did I miss something with that figure as well? Because I feel like like either I missed it or it just wasn't there. Like it was so specific that it felt, felt like there should have been like there was like a there was supposed to be a scene where like for some reason his money situation has come has come up with Mikey or Mikey overhears him talking to his wife about like his insurance like and he's like oh I've net worth is now this amount like because it's such a really <laughs> specific number that like yeah. I don't think there was a scene like that, but like they even comment on it. Don't they say, like, that's a really odd number? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to disclose how much Vinny Chase is worth at all. Like, Cage is just like, your brother's doing well. He's got that business. He must be worth $350,000. And, and what's even weirder is, like, when he goes to collect his money, like, his business partner's been screwing him over on the side, so he doesn't even have all the money. Yeah, like, and that doesn't they... go anywhere. Like, that's not... But then like five minutes like the dude comes back with a neck brace and then he's like, I fixed it. Okay. It's it's like the kidnapping. It's like these weird red herrings that don't create any kind of drama or tension and there's no release when you find out the truth because it's just so obvious. It's like duh. Also do they get like they haven't get so the the the, the sort of late into the movie that the second bit of peril is that as well as Mikey they've got the the blonde his blonde daughter. Do we even see we we do we actually even see her kidnapped and tied up? Like maybe we do and I, I was sort of glazing over by this point, but we definitely like they go in for the big gun battle but they don't really know where she is at that point, do they? Like, they they kind of kill them all, but then, for all I they know, right. she could be somewhere where they have no, like, they have no idea where she is, like, presumably she turns out to be at the back of that bar or something, but, like, and then, and then like, oh, and also, like, currently, if, like, I misunderstood this, but I felt like John Cusack was like, the police aren't going to support you, and got, like, I feel like he explicitly lays out, if you go out and shoot this dude, he's still murder, like, in your go to jail. And then at the end of the film, there's this massive shootout. They kill loads of people. <laughs> and then we just see them playing baseball. Like, yep. is that like, is yep. there a, like an end credit scene where the police roll up and be like, oh, sorry, guys, <laughs> you like, killed five dudes? Like, you, that's not okay. Like, nope. No, no extra Marvel esque tag scene after the credits or anything like that. But I mean, further reason why Cusack needed to be in that shootout, like, as sanctioned, like, to sanction the shootout as part of the law or something. I've just called the police. It's uh, okay now. <laughs> I mean, any anything. Because that is, now thinking about it, is just hilarious that, you know, they had this massive shootout and murdered all these dudes, and now they're all getting along, like, as a family better than ever and having this barbecue thing, and he's, like, the alpha male, like, Vinny Chase is now, like, running <laughs> the family and everything. Like, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's just, like, a happy ending. Like, they have that barbecue, and there's, like, really funny jokes about making fun of vegetarians, and then just... He and his brother go play baseball on what appears to be like a little league field because he drills that ball. Like it's it's you know I don't think Vinny Chase can hit a home run on a real field, but he like crush. Like it's just it's it's just weird. Yeah, look, it's just like the end. It reminded me of the end of like a Fast and Furious movie where they're all like having a Corona, like and then it's all like it's kind of like well they yeah, need the rock to turn up and be like, oh no, it's okay, guys. I've, I've sorted this all out with a judge. With those movies, <laughs> I mean that's my favorite film franchise. I will defend that forever. Oh, no, absolutely. But at least yeah. with those I'm 100% movies. With you. They establish a sense of family. Here, nobody likes each other. And then all of a sudden, at the end, they're all like best friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like let's let's wrap it up and for convenience here, you know, like it needs to be a happy ending. So like let's force this happy ending, even though 
everybody should kind of hate each other and not really want to see each other ever again after going through something like this, you know. For sure, I feel like Mikey's wife would move with the daughter somewhere out of state very quickly, and there'd be restraining orders flying around, and Finney Chase would be in jail. Like, <laughs> this is not the proper ending that you know reality <laughs> would dictate. I, I don't feel like Mikey is sticking on the straight and narrow very long. Like, I feel like he's, he's back to trying to... He's like, oh, I found another stun grenade. Like, I'm trying to sell that. Like he's he's the new Eddie. Now that Eddie's out, he's someone's got to step in in those. Yeah, shoes. That, that that should be the, the the last scene is that like Mikey like walking through and he finds like the hair and he, he put the hair in the star <laughs> and somehow survived the gun battle. <laughs> if only I don't think I have any other notes about this movie, Mike. Do you have anything else that you wanted to to mention? No, you know, not really. I just reiterate, like uh, I. I don't think this is a good movie okay i'll give you that i don't okay. think it's good but i've That's kind all I of want. i've been known to like bad movies for reasons i can't explain but at least in this one i can explain it's it's cage and like i feel like you know we've suffered through more for less i was glad that he at least showed back up a half hour in and stuck around for the next 30 minutes you know we get more of him in this than deadfall i would say see it for the cage stuff but if you really i would really recommend going back and giving deadfall a shot and try and think of it as sort of like this good bad movie like it's one of the best of the worst type films like i I feel like now it plays much better as camp or something sillier something that just goes down a lot easier than getting blindsided the first time you watch it going what the fuck is this shit kind of thing like now now it plays a little easier for me so i would say you know go check out deadfall I want to make it clear, I have no problems with Deadfall. Like, I'm looking forward to rewatching Deadfall. This movie, I'd never want to see again. But Deadfall, yes, go see Deadfall. I, I echo that. And anything else in your yeah, notes? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, the thing, like, like, this is definitely, like, not a movie I'd write as particularly good. But I think, like, and I, I basically agree with your assessment, like, it is the cage makes it. But I think, like, the thing, the, the, the thing that sort of, oh, the other thing, other than just, like, the cage things and the self being enjoyable, that sets it apart from like a really bad film in the 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 cage canon would be i think like 10 to 15 years ago there's a chance in this movie that cage would have played the entourage dude part because he's bit he's kind of has not been in those movies and sure. my god with that that version of this film would have been insufferably boring like <laughs> it, like he's that he's done a lot of those like oh what's the one where he's a Stolen? And, oh. well, stolen, stolen the one where is it January is it the one oh, the week? oh January Jones is the one is that seeking justice but it's always he just plays these sort of very kind of stern boring guys like who suddenly have to save their like inexplicably beautiful wives from whoever <laughs> and just think, like him in the main role in this would have just been so boring and like I think that's the thing that like, it, like to be fair to Entourage dude I think I would rather watch him doing that than like Kate like, because I think like just this is not, like Cajun Lights Rosters is, is like it's just asleep. Like it's just it's, it shows no interest in the movie he's making at that point. And you just think, like, why? Like, I guess for the money is the reason. But like, you just think, really? Could you not have brought something to this? Like, but no, I, I like the so like in that like I think it would definitely like not for that reason it wouldn't like rank right at the bottom of the 
the sort of list of Cage movies because like at least he's in it doing something interesting. It's a tough film to really like. Like you can't. There is that thing where like every film inexplicably has some crazed fan who'll go on Amazon and give it five stars, but it's sort of like <laughs> tough to. Presumably there's some someone who's obsessed with the entourage dude who's like watches everything that he's in who'll go like, oh, I was I'm so moved by him fighting for his brother's life. So, Ed, where can people find you online? Where can they find your writing about Cage? Or what do you want to share with our growing audience? So, you can find, probably, like, Twitter. Uh, it's probably the best place to find me. Uh, at Ed Jeff, uh, E-D-J-E-F-F. Or you can find all my Cage stuff on Medium at uh, medium.com slash at Ed Jeff, which uh, goes up to... Uh, the trust and i'll be doing so at some point this year i'll be doing like an update run of the five or six movies that have come out since then including this awesome well thank you very much for joining us and you will be back i i'm assuming later this year unless it gets delayed from mom and dad uh but this was this was fun you are first i think you're officially our no Lindsay gibb you're our first non-north american Guest. I was going to say first international guest, but you're our first non-North American guest, so you hold an honor oh, and wow. a title and a privilege. So thank you very much for joining us. No problem. So for all things Cage Club, including our podcasts and reviews of Deadfall, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub, see all the movies that we've done, check out other shows on the network, lots of things for you to listen to with those two places. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Ed Jefferson, and we'll see you next time on Cage Club. Don't follow.